Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Week 8 to the NFL season here. I hate to do this, but I am going to do it. I can't believe it's week 8 already, Scott. Exactly. i got to find that clip somewhere. Have you ever seen it? The Mike yes. Francesa? Mm-hmm. It's, and it's so true. We all do that. Every single week, you can't believe that you're... But we are getting the point where we are right around halfway through the NFL season. It does fly by. That's why that commercial that they have out there where it's like, soon a, what, a cold night in Buffalo for a yes. Bills game will just be a cold night in Buffalo? Exactly. Baseball is winning on the BetQL Network with Bet for the Cycle featuring Cody Decker. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, and handicapper Rob Brown. Couldn't hit a baseball off a high school pitcher. That's why I played soccer. Double plays, props, and parlays. Not only Blue Jays' run line here, Cody, I might tease it up to an alternate run line of minus two and a half. Join the chaos every Saturday from noon to four Eastern. Can you explain to me how these are the same odds? Can someone please explain to me how these are the same odds? I've looked at this over and over and over again. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. I have so many hot takes just off of this here. Well, let them let them rip a little bit. What's, what's like the first one? It is going to be absolutely awesome. Remove the one seed, remove the two seed. Who are they supposed to lose to? You know what? Carpers can dribble it out. You lost. It. I mean, you know, it's it is very very true. Speaking of the Buffalo, uh, well, they actually have host Thursday night football this week against the Tampa Bay Bucks. We bring on Scott Reynolds, who joins us now from the Pewter Report. And let's let's just look big picture at, at, at that game and really where the, the Bucks are right now, Scott, because it's interesting. They're eight and a half point dogs at Buffalo against the Bills team that's looked far from impressive over the last couple of weeks. I understand that Tampa obviously lost on a last second field goal to the Falcons over the weekend, but I think overall watching this Tampa team, they've been very impressive. I would say from the outside looking in, they've even exceeded expectations this year. Where are you on what you've seen from the Bucks so far? Yeah, they're right about where I expected them to be. The offense is a work in progress. The Bucks' defense with Todd Bowles being the head coach, so many returning starters there from even the Super Bowl team, right? Shaq Barrett, Devin White, Ant Holmanfield Jr., Levante David, you know, Vita Vea. Um, the defense has had to wear the Superman cape this year, and, and really they've played at a superhero level in terms of scoring defense, only allowing 17 points per game. That should get you enough wins in the NFL to make the playoffs, but this offense has just been slow to come around, and I think part of the reason why is no excuses but reasons. They've been playing some really good defenses, right? Philadelphia Eagles, De- Detroit Lions, the Atlanta Falcons, all three of those teams have, have top 10 rushing defenses and that's really stymied the Buccaneers as they're trying to transition to this Dave Canales, Seattle Seahawks-type running game. The Bucks ranked last last year in rushing offense. He was sent here to improve the running game. It hasn't happened yet because they've ran into a buzzsaw just about every other week. But I think there's some opportunity this week with Buffalo's run defense being 31st ranked in the league. They'll have a chance to maybe have some more balance and help Baker Mayfield out with with a little bit more of a of a you know of an even keeled approach to to offense running the ball and passing it last week it was mostly passing the ball and it wasn't up to snuff against the Falcons yeah I'm curious about that runoff at rushing offense because Rashad White has been not the type of player I think that maybe are you ready sir start your engines let's go 
Astros money line versus the Marlins. Johnny Cox. So the perimeter runs haven't been there for this team. And it's, it's either, you know, the interior doesn't do their job on one play, the tight ends miss a block on the next, or the running back misses the hole and, and doesn't have the right read. So it's just kind of been a domino effect. If it's not one thing, it's another. And uh, they don't really have a running back that either has explosiveness and that instant acceleration um, or a guy that can break tackles, like, you know, Javante Williams in Denver, for example. But Chase Edmonds coming off by injured reserve, he's probably the quickest, most explosive back. So uh, the problem is he's been hurt. He missed time in the OTAs. He missed time in the preseason. He's missed four games the regular season. If he can stay healthy, he can add some make-you-miss instant acceleration to this offense. So, yeah, Tampa's an eight-and-a-half-point dog at Buffalo Thursday night. What does Tampa need to do in this game? Not even just to win outright, but just even to keep this close and cover. Really, they have to get off to a fast start. Tampa has just been kind of a notoriously slow starting team on offense and defense. And I think if they can just get to the point where they can get seven points on the board, get an early lead, I think it changes the, the dynamic of, of how they play offense and defense. It's just that they've kind of been either even – or they've been trailing to start games. And it's just been a little bit of a dogfight. Really the only kind of blowout win they've had was in New Orleans. They won 26-9 to in New Orleans. The two previous wins were in week one and week two. They had to come from behind to beat the Vikings on the road. And then in week two, that Bears game was, was closer than the score indicates. It was a three-point game. And so Shaq Barrett's pick six made it a ten-point affair. Um, in the last two minutes of the game. So just getting an early lead, I think, would do wonders for this Buccaneer team. You know, there might there might be some road mojo here. They're 2-0 and on the road. They're 1-3 at home, believe it or not. So maybe going on the road is some of the tonic they need to end this two-game losing streak. Yeah, and the Bills look like a, a team that's kind of down bad on a short week, a bunch of injuries. It's definitely a spot where I could see Tampa being live, at least to cover as dogs. I want to get your thoughts on Baker Mayfield because you end up, yeah. you've, you've been covering the Buccaneers for decades. You see what it's like to have a quarterback, the greatest quarterback ever, and how he yeah. leads a team in Tom Brady. And now Baker Mayfield comes in, and at first we were getting a lot of rumors that Mike Evans wanted to be traded. He didn't want to be on this team anymore. And now it looks like not only Mike Evans does not want to be traded, but Baker Mayfield has sort of resurrected his career. Can you sort of compare and contrast the styles of leadership uh, between Tom Brady and Baker and, and why Baker's teammates seem to love him so much? Yeah, I think um, uh, the, the Mike Evans rumors really weren't true. Evans wants to stay a Buccaneer. He loves Tampa. Um, he's got a home here. His other home's in Galveston. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to retire as a Buccaneer. So I, I think that was just immediate conjecture. Um, uh, you know, Ultimately, we'll see if that ends up happening. I think Mike hits free agency. And the Buccaneers see, you know, at age 30, what his market value truly is. Um, they, they've done that the last couple of years. Levante, David, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, they've all hit free agency, and they've all re-signed with the Buccaneers as a result. So um, I would expect the, the Buccaneers to, to see what that value is for Mike Evans and, and want to re-sign him, but they're not going to be a better team without him, that's for sure. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, he signed a one-year, $4 million kind of a prove-it deal in Tampa. And you know what? Um, the, the inside scoop is this is a guy who, in, in OTAs, right, when you come out of the field and you do, like, the, the calisthenics and the, and the, the jogs, the warm-ups, those types of things, 
instead of being with the other white jerseys on the offensive side, running with the offensive line, the backs and receivers, Baker Mayfield was, was next to B. DeVea and Levante David. He was with the red jerseys. He was over there ingratiating himself with the defensive players, right? And then training camp, uh, when they had the, the training camp roommate assignments, uh, all the players were, were in there with, with quads where they had, you know, four room, three roommates um, and, and then like a living area. You know, his, his roommates weren't wide receivers or the other quarterbacks. It was Tristan Wirfs mm-hmm. and Luke Gedeke and Robert Hainsey. It was the offensive lineman. So Baker Mayfield's a guy who is, who is a guy. He's one of the guys, whether it's the defensive lineman or the offensive lineman. He just has seamlessly worked himself in there, and he fancies himself as a football player, and he's quickly earned the respect of not just the offensive line, not just the offensive players, but the team as a whole, the defensive players. They like how he runs for extra yardage. He sticks his nose in there on third and short quarterback sneaks. He does the dirty work, and I think that that's really what won him over with this Buccaneer team. So, Scott, I'm looking at the odds now to win the NFC South. The Falcons are the favorite at even money. Then it's the Saints at 2-1. to one. Then it's the Bucks at plus 350 with the Panthers so far back. We don't even need to talk about them. But, you know, I think we know coming into this season, everybody kind of looked at this division and said, well, the Saints are the favorite, but they've certainly got holes and question marks, and we've seen that yeah. without with looking at that offense. The Falcons, we know Desmond Ritter can be a liability. He has his moments, but let's be honest, he doesn't look like a franchise quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And then we got Tampa, and we look at this defense, and you look at their some of the weapons they have on offense, and maybe the run game now starts to improve a little bit. Is this Bucks team a team that you look at and say they can still win this division this year? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Buccaneers won it last year at 8-9, and nine, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that was with Tom Brady. Uh, all three of the other NFC South teams finished one game behind at 7-10. I don't think this year is going to be any different. I think maybe a 9-8 and eight record wins the South, but it's kind of a downtrodden division. Um, they're going to pad their stats against the AFC South, which is another downtrodden division, right? You have the Jaguars probably winning that, but the Titans are what they are. The Texans are a little bit better with C.J. Stroud. You know, the, the Colts, you know, we'll see. Uh, but uh, it's, it, it's a division that probably nine wins gets you the title, maybe ten if, if the ball bounces the right way. But, yeah, I think Tampa Bay is still in it. More, li- more than likely they're going to have to steal a road win at Atlanta to kind of even out that loss. That was a winnable game on Sunday at Raymond mm-hmm. James Stadium that they let slip through their hands. So they probably have to win in Atlanta. And I think if the, the Falcons win – in Atlanta later this year, they probably win the division. If the Buccaneers end up stealing that that road win um, against the Falcons, then then they'll have a chance. But it's going to go down to the wire like it did last year. Like you said, every team's in it, but the Panthers. I think it probably is a two-team race unless the Saints somehow find some magic with Derek Carr that they haven't found yet. But it's going to come down to the Falcons and Buccaneers more than likely. And I do see the Buccaneers with their defense being out pretty much all year so far and I think it's going to continue the offense is going to get better I think as as they learn Dave Canales' system and and he learns the the offensive players I wouldn't be surprised if this offense starts to catch fire around midseason running the ball better and um, they might be a more formidable team in December than they are in October you mentioned the Falcons game. I'm curious if anything was made on the Buccaneer side of Arthur Smith deciding to not mention that Bijan Robinson was fighting some sort of sickness. No, I mean I didn't hear anything from from the Tampa side of that. Uh, that's kind of like, hey, that's their business, and they're going to get trouble with the league for violating protocol. You know, that's that's more on them. 
But, yeah, it certainly was curious. I'm up there in the press box watching the game. And Tyler Algiers is a capable back. I mean, he rushed for 100 yards against the Buccaneers in Week 18 last year when Tampa Bay pulled their starters at halftime. Tom Brady sat down because they already had the NFC South wrapped up. And the Falcons came back to beat the Buccaneers, right? I think that gave Desmond Ritter a little bit of confidence. And sure enough, Desmond Ritter, as a starter now, is 2-0 against the Buccaneers. Um, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jameis Winston, uh, the former Buccaneer quarterback, who had some talent but found a way to keep both teams in the game, right? And you, you saw that on Sunday. As good as Ritter was, and ultimately he made the throw to, to Kyle Pitts to get them in field goal range to win the game. You have to give him credit for that. But he had three red zone turnovers right by the goal line, right? And it's like that was Jameis Winston's, you know, calling here in Tampa. It's like he passed for 300 yards and three touchdowns, but he threw three interceptions, including a pick six, and they would lose the game. So as much as he does for his own team, he keeps the other team in the game too with turnovers. And so I just don't know if Desmond Ritter is going to be the guy in Atlanta. Um, he was good enough on Sunday to beat the Buccaneers, but we also saw the week earlier against the Commanders, those turnovers kept them from, from beating you know the, the Commanders. So it's going to be interesting. And this, this game you mentioned too with the Bills, right? The Bills look like gangbusters, even though they lost in week one to the Jets. They destroyed the Raiders. Then they thrashed the Commanders, right? But then all of a sudden, these last couple games, they've only won one out of the last two games or one of the last three, and they've had some bad losses. And the only victory they had was a narrow win against the bad Giants team at home. So which Bills team is going to show up on Thursday night? Great That's point. what I'm curious to see because if it's going to be the Bills team that puts up 25 points or more, they're going to beat the Buccaneers because their offense isn't there yet. But if it's a team that doesn't score many points, then if it's a low-scoring game, the Bucks have a chance. Scott, got about a minute left or so here. What's the team in the NFC right now that you just have the most confidence in? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I guess the Eagles, right? I mean, with the 49ers kind of slipping bad over the last two weeks. Um, and I did not expect the Lions to go in there and get throttled by the way that, that yeah. they did. I know they were missing some running backs, but, man, I didn't think the score would be that lopsided in Baltimore, right? Uh, so it's got to be the Eagles. I think the NFC is, is is really there for the taking for anybody. It's going to be whichever team really catches fire and gets some momentum in December. Um, it might be the 49ers if they can rebound and get healthy again. Uh, it might be the Eagles if they stay healthy and just continue to kind of do enough to win. Um, if the Lions get their act together, they have the firepower where they can make some things happen. Their defense is pretty solid. But I don't see there being a juggernaut in the NFC, maybe except for the Eagles, you know. And I just don't think they're even as dominant as they were last year. So it's it's really kind of a crazy time in the, in the NFL because even the AFC, right, with Buffalo being the way they are, Kansas City is, is good, but they're not blowing teams out. It, it kind of makes this fun because they're not. It's not that one team just running away with it. Just when you think that the, you want to anoint the Dolphins, they get destroyed by Buffalo, right? Uh, Forty-eight yeah. to twenty. So, on any given Sunday, man, and that's kind of what makes this league fun, right? It is. It is. It is so true. I mean, there's a lot of parity without question in the NFL. Scott Reynolds, Pewter Report. Really appreciate the time, man. Great stuff. Always a pleasure. Have a great week. And there he goes. Yeah. Uh, it is. There's as much parity as you can imagine in the Bucks NFL. Bucks your lives this Thursday. I like it. Bet MGM the night.